SWA day, everybody. Alrighty, hello everybody out there. How are you all? Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. Hope you've had a great weekend. Uh, happy WA Day to all my fellow Western Australians out there. We got a little day off work on this fine, freezing, fucking cold Monday. The sun's out, but nothing's heated up yet. So oh, I've got a couple of hoodies on and a beanie, and fucking should have bought a scarf with me. Ah, it is what it is. What are you guys doing to celebrate WA Day? Something uniquely Australian or West Australian? I don't know what that really means. It's nothing. And apparently we got that task force uh, trying to figure out how to brand Perth. Still going strong at the moment. I don't know. We made suggestions for it a few episodes ago um, that I don't really think they took on board, even though they were dead serious suggestions, you know, really trying to flesh out how you would brand this fine city of ours. Um, obviously it's completely unnecessary and you don't have to brand a whole city, but they've just come out with an article. I just saw a, something come up on Twitter today. This crack hot shot fucking bullshit panel that they've put together to try and brand Perth has come up with some findings. It's, uh, it's come out uh, today sort of saying, you know, Perth is not just ocean, sky or river. It's also people. That's what... That's what's taken them two weeks to figure out. And God knows how many tax dollars they're paying these fucking experts. But, you know, you've got to have great minds to figure something like that out, that a um, city is uh, made of people. That's the new findings for branding Perth. So happy WA Day, guys. Uh, the elites have finally recognized that there's people in this city. Could you believe it? Finally some recognition from the, the higher powers or <laughs> whatever. Anyway... I've had an up and down sort of weekend, guys. Fucking, I didn't get around to doing as much music stuff as I would have liked to. Didn't really get to play guitar because I nearly lost the fucking tips of three of my fingers on my left hand, which are important fingers for playing guitar. I was, uh, <laughs> I'm, I've got doing a bunch of renovations, being fucking pushed back because of fuck ups from IKEA and all that sort of shit. So I had to go pick up a new dishwasher and, uh, that all was fine, but I, you know, I, t I took a ute that I didn't really know very well, and uh, the back tray of this ute, it's one of those ones that has the, um, like, the three sides of the ute can kind of fold down, so it's a flat tray, um, which is fair enough, that's all fine, but whenever you put them back together, it's kind of a little bit clunky, and you got to sort of jiggle them around a little bit, so they all lock into place a little bit. This had pretty much locked into place, but just wasn't quite there, wasn't holding, so I gave it a bit of a nudge, and it all snapped into place and kind of locked in where it should have been, but in so doing, it dragged my fucking fingers in with it, and so three of my fingers were jammed in between these two bits of sharp fucking metal, like, as soon as it happened, guys, I just, you know, obviously breathed in, clenched my teeth. And I swear to God, I was just imagining the tips of my fingers just floating around in the back tray of that fucking ute. And I'm there. It's a busy car park, right? So I'm fucking just trying to hold my breath and talk to my wife at the same time to help me out. Just like, babe, can, 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 you, can you help me lift this? And so we pull it out. I rip my fingers out. They are fucked. I've got the adrenaline rush. Uh, so... Fingers were pretty fucking swollen. No permanent damage, but I might lose a few fingernails. I don't know. I'm going to see how it pans out. I don't really have much in the way of fingernails anyway because I chew them. 
So my fingers look like shit anyway. So, you know, when I try and show people the damage, they're just, you know, fucking assessing the previous damage <laughs> that, that is self-inflicted. But anyway, I was able to play a little bit. So I did a bit of work on that little um, cover song. We'll talk about that later in the episode, guys. So yeah, how's your week been? Hopefully you didn't lose any limbs or anything. Um, I kind of narrowly avoided that, but uh, you know, I'm shaking my hand right now. It's still feeling a bit fucking tender, but my finger was so swollen, so I couldn't make certain chord shapes on the guitar and stuff and fucking holding down a bar chord or anything like that was pretty fucking painful. So I didn't do what I wanted to do over the weekend. So I just kind of took it easy. It was fun. I fucking, <laughs> I caught this wicked little documentary. I'm not going to say it's a wicked documentary because it's absolutely not. It's one of these silly news, like highlight sort of episodes. You know how sometimes news stations do like a little editorial on like one theme, one little topic. It's like a little half hour, hour long little special. I watched one last night. Um, I forget what it was called, but it was like a spotlight thing on fucking theme park disasters, basically. And so each segment was basically uh, going down the history of different horrendous accidents that had happened at uh, theme parks. You know, rides breaking, people flying off roller coasters, safety things going wrong. All pretty much just like fluke accidents, one time only sort of thing. But there was a whole section that didn't actually mention a particular single event just talked about the entire theme park and I'd never heard of this fucking theme park that no longer exists but fuck it sounds awesome um, if you're an American you probably know about this place I think Johnny Knoxville a few years ago did a movie loosely based on this theme park but it's called Action Park in New Jersey and it was there from maybe the late 70s to fucking I think 96 is when it finally wasn't able to open anymore because of all the lawsuits and shit. It became known as like Class Action Park because it was fucking horrific and dangerous and from what I can gather, it was fucking awesome. I was loving all the reviews and like just all people really thinking fondly back to this place that had caused so many deaths. I think over its lifespan, like six people had died in a number of different ways. Most of them drownings because it was kind of like a water park sort of thing. But I highly recommend going on YouTube and just typing in Action Park and checking out some of those little mini documentaries people have made about this place because fuck, it was fun. That's what I was doing this morning. It was so cool checking this place out. It was like a sort of uh, a little idea of a ski resort to try and build a couple of attractions for the summertime so they can make some revenue over the off season, right? And they started with those, um, you know, those concrete sort of toboggan rides how it's you're on that that tiny little tobogganish sort of cart and all it really does is like go or pull the brakes to slow down a little bit um, we have them here in our local theme park adventure world well we used to have them when i grew up we used to have them and yes they definitely caused injuries and were were fun and i kind of start to think that adventure world which opened in the early 80s i think uh that's Perth's own Adventure World. I think I mean think of the name. Adventure World, Action Park. Very similar. So I think Adventure World was taking a lot of tips from these guys. Uh luckily they didn't have the same safety team, so we kind of got away with it over here. But Action Park was legit, guys. That theme park was no fucking joke. It was like 
run like pretty much all the staff were like teenagers who didn't give a fuck there was alcohol served they had a german brewery on site right next to their racetrack um it was just fucking wild I, like they 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 built themselves a slide that actually went upside down and did a fucking loop the loop um and the only, the way they tested this water slide guys was throwing um crash test dummies down it and the crash test dummies would make it out, which means that they actually made it through the loop, but they'd be missing arms, their heads were knocked off, something like that. So the owner of the fucking theme park just sort of paid staff an extra hundred bucks if they were tested out. And after a couple of tests, yeah, they fucking opened it up. It lasted a couple of months before it fucking shut down. I think someone broke some vertebrae. Everyone was getting bloody noses from this thing because if you fucking didn't get the right speed, you'd basically just drop from the top of this fucking loop-the-loop. Sounds awesome. But that's also not else what was going on in this place. They had fucking water slides that would just throw you the fuck out into the air. So you had like a 10-foot fucking drop from the end of this water slide and... Everything was built by um, a bunch of folks that were just trial and error guys. They weren't engineers. They didn't really know what was going on. And, you know, if people survived, they just let it fucking run. It's insane. They had like the... <laughs> They had like this kayak fucking adventure sort of thing where they had all these underwater fans pushing the water around. And some dude fucking, you know, fell out of his, his kayak or whatever and went to try and get back in and stepped on a fucking piece of metal because the whole um, electronic system for this, this ride was not earthed at all. So it electrocuted the shit out of him and killed him, right? Other people had drowned. They had this fucking wicked Tarzan swing that was kind of just into this um, naturally spring-fed pool. And this is right next to the mountains, right, guys? This is like an off-season ski resort sort of place. So that water is fucking cold, right? And so <laughs> from what I've heard is that like a lot of people, once they entered that water, they couldn't swim because of the shock. And so they'd like have to get rescued and all that stuff. Some dude had a heart attack because of the shock and died, right? But Jesus Christ, it seemed legit. Like, it's one of those things. It's like a rite of passage to the people in New Jersey, right? If you survived fucking Action Park and you'd like show off your bruises and your, your scars and your scrapes and your broken bones with pride. Because that's what it was back in the 80s and early 90s, right? That's like when all that um, kind of adventure stuff sort of started really taking off, but the safety hadn't caught up to it yet. And let's face it, guys. There's a bunch of shit that we have in our world right now that if it was a brand new idea, you'd never fucking get away with it. You just couldn't do it. Like, how's this? Action Park, this brutally unsafe, um, you know, theme park or an adventure zone or whatever the fuck you want to call it. For one season, they, they had a huge skate park built, but filled it in the next season because skate parks with, well, that skate park or a lot of skate parks were just too dangerous. The injuries were... were horrendous so they closed it up after one season but kept all that other shit rocking and rolling that's that it seems crazy to me these guys had so many injuries um at action park that they fucking bought the local hospital a bunch of new ambulances just so there would be one on hand all the time for all the victims of action park right anyway it just got me thinking like 
the way that we take um, and it, it's a big conversation between like personal responsibility and public safety. So Action Park got a, away with a lot of the injuries and a lot of the deaths and stuff like that because people didn't follow their instructions and it's kind of ride at your own risk sort of shit. And you can kind of get away with that these days, but they don't let you sign waivers like that anymore to just sort of take it upon yourself to be injured or not. That's, you know, kind of on you, right? I mean, they do it with skate parks, but like, my God, it's insane that we allow skate parks, really. In today's climate, I'm a huge fan of skate parks. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of fucking people hurting themselves. I mean, sometimes it's really funny. But you think about what a skate park is. It's just a fucking a bunch of concrete hazards and obstacles in the middle of a suburb. And they call it a skate park, encouraging you to stand on something with wheels with good bearings these days and no brakes and have fun, right? When really it's just a bunch of concrete obstacles. I mean, that's pretty cool. But like skate parks didn't really even come about till like the late 70s, early 80s. I'm pretty sure here in WA, something to celebrate for WA Day, I think we have one of the oldest skate parks in the world. I believe it's down in Albany and it's something, I don't really, it's not a skate park on today's standards. It's like, um, kind of like a concrete winding hill that's kind of got slopes and stuff like that on it. So it's sort of more like a downhill boarding sort of thing. Snake Run or something like that down in Albany. I believe it's like the second skate park in the world and it was kind of built by uh, community members all pooling money together and getting it made. Something like that. I don't really know. But they're everywhere now. They're still making skate parks. And they're kind of grandfathered in because if you came up with a brand new idea of, of public skate parks in 2021, fucking good luck to you, right? I mean, like, even even ski resorts themselves are fucking horrendous as far as safety goes. I mean, it's kind of when you buy the lift ticket, you are signing a waiver. I mean, there's all these things, conditions that you're agreeing to when you go into a ski resort, right? They don't really have them at skate parks. There's no waivers. I mean, there might be a sign just saying skate at your own risk or something like that because that's kind of all you need. Just, it's up to you, right? So I don't know where those lines are kind of, I mean, they, they, they blur between if you're doing it on public property or private property, stuff like that. I know there's insurance involved. It's a fucking nightmare. I'm surprised any of this shit actually exists, you know? I mean, apparently Action Park for its last year of business um, was so broke defending off all these uh, lawsuits that were coming their way that they, they ran for the whole season without insurance at all. <laughs> uh, which seems fucking insane, but, you know, fun times. And, it, you know, it, it's kind of weird, like, thinking about that sort of stuff. Like, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, that's really not that long ago. And we were that relaxed, and we were there was that much personal responsibility placed on people doing their own actions, and you're free to do what you want, and if you hurt yourself, it's fucking on you. And then you think about 2021... When you've got the government telling you everything to do or not do, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Like, if coronavirus had hit the fucking 70s or 80s, the government would just shrug and be like, fucking travel at your own risk. Right? Just do what you need to do at your own risk. That's it. That's it. That was like the level of safety back then is take care of yourself. Don't wait for fucking daddy government to come and wipe your ass. But... We're in a new era, a new day, a new age these days, eh? But yeah, please go down that rabbit hole because it's so much fucking fun. Like, it got me thinking about um, 
head into theme parks when I was a kid and I don't know. I mean, we have like the Royal Show here in Perth every year and there's a ride there called the Ranger, which is like this, it's probably one of the only rides there that actually goes upside down. It's like a big swing sort of carriage sort of thing. And I was thinking like, holy shit, like that's been there pretty much my entire life. It's got to be 30 something years old. And I know it gets taken down and gets moved. And so when you're putting it back together, you might be able to do a bit of a safety check. But we're relying on carnies to do safety checks on things that throw lots of humans around in the air at extraordinary speeds and heights, right? I mean, the, the, the con men working in the sideshow alley are also responsible for safety. I don't know. There's got to be something else in place right now. But I don't know. I might avoid some of those older rides. I'll have to check the rust levels or something next time I go. But yeah, please go down the Action Park thing because this place looks fucking amazing. I want to go to Action Park. I wish something like that opened up again. Even if you fucking hurt yourself and, you know, get bruised up and all that sort of bullshit. But fuck, that stuff was fun. We don't get those rider passages anymore these days. You're not allowed. You got to wear a helmet if you're in the fucking car. Not really, but, you know, my, my mum fucking had my uh, sister who's older than me. So before I was born, my mum was so terrified of, of, of driving that she had my sister in a fucking crash helmet uh, in the backseat of her car. That's not even a joke. That is legitimate. There are photos to prove it. And my fucking two-year-old sister with a massive fucking helmet on sitting in the back of my mum's car. Because she was paranoid. So yeah, obviously with a mum like that, you want to fucking... You need an action park in your life, eh? Just to let it out and hurt yourself, graze your knee, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I found that real fun. I'm going to go down a bit more of a rabbit hole with these old theme park stuff because it was fucking fun. Just hearing how horrific the safety standards were is just, I don't know classic absolute classic it's you know it's old school something to be remembered in the past and it's, it's not even the distance past you know we're not talking about fucking gladiators we're talking about like color tv commercials about this atrocity you know oh well on to some music this week guys uh over the weekend i did check out a few new albums turns out um june 4th was really big so when we last talked and i did a bit of review on some of the albums that came out that day there were more um, not full albums. I did check out a couple of full albums, but they're all on the lighter side. I kind of themed it a little bit. So first one, we should talk about, let's, uh, let's do Last Train Home. Last Train Home. It's an EP by the great John Mayer. Are you guys a fan of John Mayer? I mean, if you're a guitarist out there, you probably know who the fuck he is. He's an incredible player. He's got thumbs, um, the size of a child's arm and, you know, a great bluesy sort of soul. So I've always noticed this about John Mayer, like kind of went in and out of, of love with his music when I was younger and, and heard his sort of stuff. It was like a bit obviously aimed at trying to get pussy. It's that kind of soft sort of, I'm not a threatening person sort of music. Um, but then when I started realizing how great the, the musicianship was, I fell in love with him. Uh, the album, the continuum album, Jesus fucking love that album. That's amazing, start to finish, continuum. A great, great album. But I always saw um, John Mayer sort of uh, moving towards this bluesy vibe a bit more. And if you start dabbling in the bluesy vibe, you're instantly going to sort of start dabbling in the country vibe. And so this EP definitely has country vibes to it. 
pretty heavy country vibes. Whether you like it or not, it's there. So it's a fine little album. You guys know what it means when I say it's fine. Um, it's not going to blow your socks off like a fucking classic John Mayer. How the hell did he do that? Sort of like the neon riff and shit like that. Um, maybe. I don't know. I, I didn't listen to it too much. I will probably chuck it on again later on today. But Last Train Home by John Mayer. It was good. I mean, that's the kind of music that you can put on in a in a background when you're hanging by the pool on a summer's day. You can always have some John Mayer going, Jack Johnson-y sort of stuff. And in fact, that's a pretty good segue into the next album. Because uh, I do kind of, I don't lump John Mayer and Jack Johnson together because they're completely different players. But as, as far as like overall aesthetic vibe of the music... They're kind of in the same wheelhouse a little bit. I mean, if you're putting on a John Mayer playlist, there's probably going to be Jack Johnson and vice versa. Jack Johnson hasn't done much in a while. I believe he had a, um, what did he have? A single. A single came out a few months ago. And it was all right. And again, it was kind of leaning into the country sort of stuff. I believe there was some slide guitar in there or something like that. I mean, it's got to be country if you've got a slide guitar. No one's... Oh, yeah, there's other ways of playing it. I'm not going to get into that too much. Um, but it's not Jack Johnson that I'm talking about. It's an album called uh, Blue Mornings. No, Slow Mornings. Slow Mornings by a guy named Jack Botts. I listened to this album, and it's a Jack Johnson album. Check it out. It's the new Jack Johnson is Jack Botts. Um, aesthetic is exactly the same. I mean, like the album covers got like someone surfing on a wave or something like that. All the the beach acoustic guitar love song sort of thing that Jack Johnson was the best at. Uh, this guy's picking up the slack and it's a nice album, man. I really uh, I really dug it. Again, it's one of those things you just chuck on casually in the background. Um, probably not with this weather because it's too fucking cold to enjoy those summer vibes. It's a bit of a juxtaposition. But um, in a few months, it might be more relevant to us. I mean, I guess it's summer for most of the population of the world right now. So it makes sense in that sense. Jack Botts, Slow Mornings, the new Jack Johnson. That is a huge compliment, by the way. I'm not like this one. You know how we, we talked about uh, like the imitation ripoff sort of things where people like some reason stealing whole riffs and melodies. This is stealing a vibe. This is different. This is not actually doing anything that you can point to and say, oh, this is that song by whoever, or this is the melody from whatever. This is just like, oh, this could be a Jack Johnson song. It's, it's, in the, it's the same vibe. That's fine. That's, that's really, really cool because you know, you know the aesthetic and you kind of um, play to that genre. I mean, you, I mean, imagine having a problem with everybody that ever fucking played a 12-bar blues in a song, you know? Are you going to give credit to whoever did it first? I don't even know who did it first. I wonder who invented the 12-bar blues. I'm sure they're dead. Not fucking suing anybody. That's what it is. All right. But so check out those albums, guys. Well, it's not really an album. It's the EP from John Mayer called Last Train Home. Uh, Jack Bott's album, Slow Mornings. Really, really nice casual stuff, guys. And uh, in between, you maybe check out the old the Jack Johnson single from a couple of months ago. Don't even know what it's called. Um... Yeah, I could look it up right now, but I'm not going to. You can do it yourself if you want. I'll add all this stuff to the um, Jam Room Companion playlist or whatever if you guys give a shit about that. You can find it on Spotify. Just search for Jam Room Companion, maybe. Or Jam Room. You can maybe find it through my profile or some shit. I don't really know. But anyway, uh, I'm going to leave you with a, 
a little bit of an uh, updated version of that No Worries cover that I showed you guys last week, you know, just trying to learn logic. So I couldn't really play too much this weekend because of the finger injury, as I mentioned. Uh, and so most of my fucking around with logic was just sort of clicking things, trying to figure out what they're doing and then trying to figure out how to get it back to what it was because you go down rabbit holes. So a lot of it was just exploration sort of stuff, nothing actually impacting the final product. Uh, but I did retrack some guitars a little bit. I did double track a little bit. I didn't mic them up properly or anything like that. I think I added a little bit to drums. And, um, and uh, old mate, um, the great Liam, uh, he recorded some vocals at home. He just did a verse for us and um, sent it through. So I'll add that in at the end of the song. You'll hear that. Um, Liam did a very Liam take on it, uh, which is awesome. He's a, he's a creative genius, guys. He just does what he does. And it was, um, yeah, I'm really grateful, really appreciate it. So thank you, Liam, out there. And uh, sorry for putting it on the podcast, but you know what you're getting into. It's just what it is. So I d when I first uh, said well, I was doing this cover, I got the name of the album wrong. I said Kindred Spirit or something, I think. Uh, that's fucking wrong. So this song is from the album kindred shadow by the great pogo and the song is called no worries uh here it is at the end guys happy wa day have a fucking fantastic week and all that sort of stuff remember you can hit me up all the details of emails and all that sort of nonsense are all in the description below remember to tell your friends and try and spread the love and if you've got anything that you want on this podcast if you've got music you want to promote let me know and i'll talk about it and we can discuss it i can have you on you can chat whatever Let's get this dialogue started, guys. Like I said, have a great week. Uh, this is the Jam Room Podcast, and this is No Worries by Pogo. So long.